sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, January 13th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the winning edge. I am Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician. And as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. And fundamentally, we will try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time. And Kev, you know, it's interesting. In this part of the year, when now college football is done, we only got a few more days of the NFL playoffs. You know, the NBA really takes center stage and the schedule is going with a condensed schedule. You know, we're almost at a quarter pole of the NBA season already. And now some people more and more are dipping their toe into the water of the NBA. And Kev, there is no shortage of headlines with key players from last night's action. I mean, we're talking about like James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Joel Embiid, who absolutely went off last night. Embiid had such a ridiculous game in the third quarter because this game went to overtime, so maybe you got the back end of it. But this Mm -hmm. all started in the third quarter where he was eight for eight from the field and scored 20 points. I mean, that is just, and I know the Heat were shorthanded. No Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic. I know, I know. But those are still NBA players out there giving it their absolute all, trying to shut this dude down. Ben Simmons had a horrendous game, fouled out. Uh, there were, you know, there was no Tobias Harris. Like, Philly was still somewhat shorthanded. No Seth Curry uh, as well. And Embiid, he has these moments. He had a game, I think it was two seasons ago, against the Lakers. And I remember after the game, I'm like, is that guy the best player in the world? And, like, (laughs) you know me. I don't ask that question very often because the answer has been the same answer for a very long time. But it was one of those performances. Embiid is on the very short list of a guy that after a 48, you can go to yourself, that might be the best dude in the world. And he was spectacular in that game against the Miami Heat. Yeah, I mean, as it relates to Joel Embiid, right, like, on any given night, dude can dominate. Right. Like, and the funny part is with him, I think the questions all the way back since Kansas, Kev, if you want to know the damn truth, is like availability. Right. It's availability. And then also, and I hate to say this, do you buy this? Not only availability, but like motivation on some level and that's part of why i think doc rivers joining maybe it's not a motivation per se but how it works and how he fits into the right team uh and the right scheme and what his role is um and i think really with doc rivers at the helm he could sort of like unlock joel Embiid on a certain level so for me Embiid, in terms of the the physical stuff we all know that right I actually don't question his motivation. No. You know, you remember when he was the tweeting uh, the Rihanna, tired. the like the noises on the bench and stuff in playoff games, like he's farting and stuff. They did this, but like they, but they did it to Dwight too, and Dwight was a top five guy in the league. Like just because a guy okay. has fun doesn't okay. mean that a guy isn't taking it serious. And I don't know, and I know people killed him for it, but I never would. When Embiid walked off that court against Toronto, basically not under his own power, crying because they lost that game. Right. That's a dude who cares. 
That's a dude who cares a ton. And he had, and there was a lot of interesting quotes uh, out of last night's games, but he had an interesting one himself, basically saying, I can't do this by myself. Simmons didn't play in overtime because he was fouled out. Brings more questions to the table. Yeah, absolutely. As we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, around the globe, actually. Thanks for getting the winning edge with us bright and early in the morning. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh. We especially welcome in our newest audience from Sirius XM Radio, Channel 204. Thanks for getting the winning edge. Kev, you talked about quotes from last night. I direct your attention to Houston, my friend, where I know it's an overused term, but Houston, we have a problem. We were talking about James Harden. You know, we knew kind of the drama going into the season, right? What kind of shape he was in, what John, would John Wall help? And it seems like, listen, you got the quote right here. It seems like it is not going well. He says he loves this city, but that the situation is crazy. He says he doesn't think it can be fixed. And then John Wall is also talking right he's pretty much saying like listen you got to want to be here you got to want to try you know and so talk to me about this this is very early on in the season a situation that we knew was potentially untenable before the season kev people were talking about how uncomfortable they were going to be and then you hear Mm -hmm. from wall if certain guys don't want to be here it's going to be hard yeah talk about uncomfortability in houston kev yeah, I described it last night as a bed of nails. It is about as uncomfortable sure. as it gets. <laughs> and to look, the John Wall thing is is like, man, like these guys, like we're we're eight games into a season, nine games into a season, you don't want to be here. Like, come on, dude, like let's keep fighting. Like the thing is, these aren't like, oh, who's he talking? We're talking about Harden. But the reality is, like, sometimes you know, when they say, Dane, like, ah, oh, like you know, a guy doesn't want to be here. And you might get someone to say, like, oh, I think he does No, James Harden just told you in the presser before, I don't want to be here. Which adds a whole nother layer to this. And those hardened comments, then we don't see stuff like that. We just don't. No, I agree. It's handled backdoors with, with agents. He essentially could have said, guys, I hope I never wear this jersey again. I've given it my all. I got nothing more to give. I want out. And you can disagree that he should have more to give. You can disagree that he uh, should be taking more blame for things not going right in Houston. No matter what, though. That guy wants out, and he wants out immediately. It begs the question, how many more games does this guy really have left in Houston? I agree. And a minus 23 plus minus against the Lakers doesn't help. We'll talk more NBA. We come back right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. Big shout out to our newest affiliate, SiriusXM Channel 204. Good morning to everybody on that platform and all across the sports landscape. I'm Dane Martinez with my main man, Kevin Walsh. Kev, we were talking about this James Harden situation, which is pretty much untenable. Right. And the, and the fact is, we mm. knew this going in. He was doing everything mm. from, you know, parties and clubs with dancers to putting on a few pounds. Right. To not reporting in the first place to <laughs> saying that John Wall like wasn't enough to move the needle for him. Like, it's not like we don't know this. This has been in plain sight. But what he was talking yeah. about, you know, yesterday is that I don't think this could be fixed. You hear Wall talking as well. I, you know, on the other side of the break, you mentioned you don't know how much longer. Harden stays in no. Houston, right? And, and I, if I put the over-under at, like, you know, Martin Luther King Day or, you know, the <laughs> like, next week, like, what do you think? Like, yeah. is this actually – how bad is this unraveling? Because we've seen disgruntled players before. But it does look mm. like Harden is pulling the, like – I'm just going to act so much of the fool so that you have to break up with me in a relationship instead of me wanting to break up with you. It seems like he's pushing his luck here. Yeah, I think so. But it goes two ways, right? So Harden having issues with the top, right, is one thing. And the top can say, look, we get it. We'll move you. We got to get the world, though, because you know how yeah. good you are. We know how good you are. The league does, too. Do you see what Drew Holiday went for? Yeah, it's great for us, but it's bad for you because it just moved the asking price to a number that people have never been asked for in the history of this right. league, possibly, right? Where this gets very uncomfortable is John Wall. Because that is he John Wall has he's, he has some pull within the league in that that's not a yes. no name, right? This right. isn't player right. Z, eighth man on the bench, sure. making a comment that he shouldn't make. This is the mm -hmm. second most popular player on this team who probably isn't alone in his feelings because right. John Wall had missed all of last season, probably felt like him and Harden and DeMarcus Cousins and Christian Wood and P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon, this roster is better than Harden realizes, that they could actually He's also new to the here. team culture, right? He's new to the organizational culture, and he's yeah. there and he's like, wait a second, this dude doesn't want it, <laughs> you know? And the thing, about, the thing about Wall, though, is Wall's literally never in his life been on a basketball team where he wasn't the guy from word mm. of God to Kentucky to Kentucky, yeah. Washington. And now here we are in Houston and he knows that who Harden is, but he's clearly not going to pull punches. So if you think in the middle of a game, nor should he, if, no, he shouldn't. But I'm, what I'm telling it, what I'm saying though, is, is when this creeps into the public, there's a closer right. eye. And then in the middle of the game, right? When one guy brushes the other guy off and Harden says, take me out. I'm not playing anymore. Like that's when you get to the point of your Houston, it, you know what? It's like Bitcoin. It goes up, it <clears> goes down and you keep waiting, you keep waiting. And it maybe doesn't go back up and they got to make a move. They got to make a decision here. Right, either there's a world where you sit down with Silas, Harden, and Wall, and maybe Boogie as a mediator, and PJ Tucker, the four of them, as a you know representative for both parties, and sure. you try and figure this out, or you call Philly and you say, "Hey, and B doesn't seem happy with Ben Simmons. Let's get this done." 
Yeah, maybe they need a little baby in the room as well, you know, a little yachty in the yeah. room as well Heck as a yeah. damn moderator, you know? Our he seems daughter. to be chill yes, with indeed. those people, right? But in any event, mm -hmm. and I agree with you, once it crosses the line to public, right? Because this happens in-house, right? All the time. But once it crosses that line, then it's, I think, past the point of no return. I hate to bring this up, but remember, it's similar to the Philadelphia Eagles we saw, right? All of a sudden, when we heard players in the public start saying, yeah, I don't know what's going on, that's when we started realizing uh, this is coming to a head. This is real. Action may be taken. So the other thing you say is, you know, we've talked about this before. This doesn't help his value. Right. Because if the Rockets want to move him, right, all Harden is doing is making the whole league know that Houston has no leverage. Right. They have to move him. So why would I offer 90, 80, 70 cents on the dollar when I know there is pressure and urgency on the Houston side? That's why I tell you all the time, Kev, when the Spurs traded Kawhi Leonard. Right. I was flabbergasted that they were able to get an all-star like DeMar DeRozan back, right? Because maybe not to this extent, but the whole league knew that San Antonio needed to move Kawhi. So now the whole league knows that Houston needs to move Harden. Uh, what might happen? Who do you think? You talk about Philly. Are there other places that you think might be possible? Or is Houston not going to find a trade partner until they swallow hard and accept that they're not going to get a haul back for this man? So it's a great question. I will quickly add the footnote that they got DeRozan back and it still wasn't the best package that they could have got, but they wanted to spite Kawhi and the Lakers and all, all that land up was Kawhi but going just being to a able, When LA the team. league knows you don't have leverage, the fact that totally. you can still, that's all I'm talking about. Sure, it shows, maybe though, there was others. But. It shows though how good a, when a player that good is available, more leverage than you think, right? More leverage than you probably would think. But to your bigger question, what do you do if you have no leverage? A team who is desperate calls. So there are two teams that come to mind. Now, Dallas is not super desperate. Luka Doncic is only in year three. They're five and four. The sky isn't falling. But Mark Cuban has been trying to get a megastar to come to that organization for a while. He drafted one. How high you put KP up with his injuries, that's up to you. Mm -hmm. I could just see Cuban being aggressive. But the team with a dead bullseye, when we're talking desperate, well, it's the 2-8 and eight Toronto Raptors because it dang sure isn't the 2-8 and eight Detroit Pistons. Hmm. Raptors are 2-8. and eight. Like, this team doesn't have plans of missing the playoffs and right. circling back to next season. That's not what they're looking at. This team was trying to be a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference, a perennial contender out East. And look at their What are you talking about, though? Siakam, Powell, FVV? What are we talking about here? Well, listen, good brother Pascal just came off a triple-double. Maybe he's uh, going to you know, yeah, bump up that value. The first good enough. game he's had all season, though. <laughs> Here's why the Raptors package, I believe, is enticing. I've, I've mentioned this very briefly here before on the network. If I were ever to have an opportunity to interview for a GM job, I would hand them a Brooklyn ranking to show them that I have a little bit of foresight. The Brooklyn ranking is basically inspired by the Celtics-Nets trade, where the Nets sent their future to Boston, right? Because they were positive that what they just got returned, they would right. never be bad enough to where it would cost them. The, the Toronto Raptors, if they sent out Pascal Siakam and another player and a world of draft picks, could soon after find themselves in a situation where Lowry leaves in free agency, Harden still doesn't want to be there and never resigns, and it's FVV and Chris Boucher... And that's Woo! just not 
what you're looking for. So I think there's a world where the Raptors pieces are more attractive than maybe we would think just because there's a world that the bottom falls out if they want to be aggressive or hard. And I think it's an interesting conversation. All right, fair enough. You just referenced the trade that happened between Brooklyn and Boston a few years back, and that brings me to another topic that I wanted to discuss, mentioning Mr. Kyrie Irving, who is still not there, (laughs) right, for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, KD, KD did his thing last night. The Brooklyn Nets did win 122 to 116. You see KD's outing right there. You are on his prop total. He does go over the number 34 and 9. I continue to think that KD ultimately will be a top MVP candidate. But I do want to ask you about Kyrie Irving, and maybe we'll take this to the other side of the break, because Kyrie is still not there. We've been wondering what's going on. He's pretty much been radio silent, but due to some digging, even our guy Worldwide Wob on this network, you know, piecing it together on social media with Instagram videos and pictures. It looks like Kyrie maybe was like partying maskless at his sister's 30th birthday party. And maybe the league is kind of forcing a quarantine, but just not making it as public. And he's going to have to be away for a little while. We're going to talk about this on the other side of the break. No shortage of headlines in the NBA. We'll get into games as well. The NFL hockey drops the puck as well today. So much to cover. We are off and running right here, giving you the winning edge on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. Big shout out to all of our affiliates, the Mightier 1090. So many ways to catch us, to watch us, especially, of course, our newest affiliates, SiriusXM Channel 204. We appreciate you getting on the grid bright and early in the morning. I'm Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, along with the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. Kev, we were talking about Kyrie Irving and the Nets. I mean, KD did his thing last night, right? And the Nets ultimately win i'm intrigued the nets and the knicks play tonight in a new kind of battle for new york that i think feels and sounds a little bit different than it has in previous years but i digress i do want to ask you about Kyrie, kev because listen Mm. you know he's been missing games and we kind of didn't know right he wasn't talking or anything but now we're starting to see reports and see ourselves that maybe he was out there violating the league's protocol in terms of being maskless at a family party. And, you know, I I think it's possible that uh, he's, in essence, quarantining, having to go away, but they're not talking about it or making it public. What do you think is going on with Kyrie? Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think it's that I think that Kyrie is away right now. And while away, there was a video that circulated of him being out uh, with the family and Man, so why is he away? It's so crazy. Why is he away? 
Well, that's that's for Kyrie to know and for us to. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I'm trying, like, this could be a plausible I, reason, right? Like that he's actually in the middle of a quarantine. Uh, to, that the league is saying, but in my in, in my opinion, no, they've okay. been forward with who's quarantining and who's not. Okay, there is no reason to add all of this mystery around Kyrie. Okay. It so what, why is he away? Like, that it wouldn't. It, be, well, this is the, again. This is the thing. Like now, and, and listen. If you feel like you can keep the the mystery alive, because I can't give you an answer to that. But like, because no one can. Kyrie is seemingly not providing an answer. The fact of the matter is, there is a world that the answer is he is away because he wants to be, and that is a wild. That's a big answer, problem, right? That's a big. That problem. is a wild answer. I don't. If we are going to circle all the way back to the bubble that Kyrie was not even going to participate in and him bringing up questions about social injustice and if it made sense to go, right? And then look at the timeline right? of when Kyrie stepped away. Sure. I don't know if that's all one big coincidence. And again, that is why I have been incredibly hesitant to take Kyrie to task during his absence. I won't do it. I understand people will. I won't do it. I much prefer the Dane Martinez conspiracy that they're doing the worst <laughs> ever cover-up of a quarantine that well, you will ever see. Well, here's the deal, right? For me, at least. Like, unless, like, this isn't about the NBA. This is just about, like, your job. This is your profession, right? Like, Kev, if you just yep. didn't show up at 7 a.m. one day, right? Here's the thing. If it was because you were sick or hurt, okay. If it's because you had an unexpected, like, you know, God forbid, family emergency, right? Okay, I understand that. If there was some crazy, if there was some directive from on high and our bosses and you were like, no, I philosophically, fundamentally don't agree with this. I'm I'm doing a little boycott. I, whether I agree with it or not, at least I'd be like, okay, that's his rationale. But bro, if you just didn't show up, right? And then didn't answer text messages from me about like, hey, is everything okay, right? And our producers and our bosses, and you're just like going radio silent. I, as your teammate, Kev, I'd be pissed off. I'd have beef with you. If you told me you had a family emergency, cool. I understand, brother, right? But if you're yeah. just like going AWOL and we're trying to win a championship, now I got a problem with you, bro. Yeah, I think, the initial absence, right? There seemingly was none of that communication. But then post-game, Karis Levert said that they all texted him. And at the end of the day, as long as I text you and Brian and Steve and Greg and all the other people that I need to text, I apologize to the lovely folks at home. But if you need to know, you'll know. And if you don't need to know, you won't know. Right? And... Do I need to know? Is it my bit? Like, is it my business just because Kyrie plays for the Brooklyn Nets? Is it my business? Yeah, but like, like Steve Nash for didn't know, bro. Reasons. At <laughs> first, no, one hundred percent, right? But now he seemingly is aware of what's going on. There's uh, the guy was putting incense around before a preseason. He was burning sage, it, right? like, yeah. like before a preseason game, right? Like Kyrie is a different dude. No doubt about it. And again, Dane, we might come to find out that Kyrie was like, yeah, I just I just needed time away. And now that's unacceptable. Dude, you can't just feel like I need time away. Like, the Nets are six and six. Yeah. Like, this isn't some team that's running away. Like, there's a lot. And, you, like, this is your first year with Kevin Durant. Like, there's a lot that needs to be going on here. But if there is more 
at hand, and I'm not going to discount that there is more at hand. Again, that that's just I'm 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 hesitant with this whole situation. It's very strange, and you know, KD is going to be suiting up for a back to back tonight, and hey. I wonder how much that would be the case if Kyrie was still around. No, I think that's true, and I think you make a good uh, distinction, right? Like, we as fans maybe do not have a right to know. I think that is fair, right? But his teammates, the people he's trying to go to war with, right? You know, I do think they have – he has a level of responsibility and accountability to those people, right? And so we shall see what winds up happening. You know, another thing I wanted to ask you about, right, because we're going to get into some of the games, but listen, Kev – Last few days, games are now off the schedule, and we've heard a lot about the NBA kind of increasing their protocols, things about what they have to do in their hotel rooms, masks, maybe even on the bench, you know, this sort of stuff that is going on. And uh, George Hill, who, listen, is a respected veteran in this league, Mm -hmm. had something to say about it, right, was in essence saying, you know, Nah, man, if I want to go see my family, I'm going to go see my family. It's good. You can't keep me cooped up in the hotel room 24-7. I don't know if I'm going to do it. But then the second thing he said on this I think is really important and where I want to go with this. He also then says, listen, if it is that serious, guys, maybe we shouldn't be playing. And we've had these conversations before, Kev, but as we know – The pandemic is spiking. We are seeing, you know, teams, entire teams quarantine, games getting canceled. A lot of people think it will still get worse before it gets better. Does he have a point, Kev? Like, I understand, you know, these protocols can feel overbearing. Remember, they had the hall monitors and Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. But if the fact is that this is what's necessary, maybe stepping back and thinking about a cause for pause is valid. What do you say? So... This is a, I don't know, is it a slippery slope here? But George Hill basically saying, I'm going to do what I want. And if that's unacceptable, then stop the league. Are we? I mean, yeah. Like, I understand what George Hill's saying, right? But there are clearly a lot of folks that are having to make sacrifices to make yeah. things possible. His teammate, Shigel just Alexander, said, I will, mar- I will wear a mask on the bench, on the court, anywhere. Whatever it is, I will do what I got to do to make this work. Now, I understand that this is wildly difficult for everybody, not just athletes or coaches, for for those of us sitting at home, me, you, the like, everybody. This is really, really difficult. But if George Hill, again, and I understand, like says, I can't go through this process, well, then I think George Hill needs to have an honest conversation with the team about maybe being home to, to when it is safer. Because, again, it's it's a fair question about, like, hey, sh- if it's not as safe, then should we... Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it is still a pandemic. It didn't end, you know, unfortunately, as much as we wanted the zero to turn to a one in the year and this right. thing to... <laughs> like it was going to... Ma- like the that virus didn't, would magically be like, oh, New Year's resolution, peace, I'm out, cool. Right. Old Lang Syne. Like, that didn't so, happen, but there's... Let me ask you this, Kev. It's tough. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Because I don't remember, because when the NBA was getting started, we were so deep in so much other stuff, college football, the NFL, right? With baseball, with the NFL season, there was a group of people who opted out, right? Yep. Did NBA players opt out? And, Kev, like, if they are changing the protocols midstream, 
Mm-hmm. Is what you just said, is that valid? May not only George Hill, may other players be like, oh, I agreed to do this when I thought the situation was X, when I thought the protocols were at Y, when I thought this is what it would take and this is what I was going to be expected to do. Now it's yeah. changing what I am being expected to do, whether it's the hotel rooms, whether it's the families, whether it's behaviors, you know, on the bench, whether it's not being able to dap up your boy that you haven't seen on the other side of the court, whatever it is. And that's a personal decision. Right. But if the playing field changes. Kev, do you think any players might start to opt out? I mean, college football players opted out midseason. Right. Yeah. No, they absolutely did. I, I, I think if. Player again, if players want like, and that's why I, if George Hill said I can't do this, I would I would say yeah, under more than understandable, more than understandable for, from George Hill. My thing is, and that's why this is it's a slippery slope. What we're talking about here, right? Yeah. But if if George Hill's stance is I'm not gonna stop doing what I want to do, there are others at risk with the decisions that you that he's make, making, right? right? And that is why I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, you tell him, like, George, I get it. But then maybe we got to work something out here. Because to his larger point of, if I can't see my family, right, and that's not safe, then should we be playing? The answer to that question is trying to pull this off in a pandemic is not ideal. But the NBA doesn't seem to have much of a choice. They are doing the best that yeah. they can, and it's going to put people in difficult positions. There are not easy answers to these questions. Yeah, I, I just wonder if, if the playing field changes a little bit, will players opt out? We'll talk a little bit more about this up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Bright and early on this Wednesday morning. It is the early line right here on Sports Grid. Big shout out to all of our affiliates, especially Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician. With me, as always, is the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. Kev, I think this is a slippery slope, right? Because George Hill, it's like, I don't agree with him being like, not chill. I'm going to break the rules. You know what I mean? Being like, no, forget your rules. I'm going to do what I want. I don't agree with that. But the point he raises of like, if this is all the extent that we need to do to just be safe, then maybe we need to revisit yeah. if this is a good idea or not. And if we should like hit pause or anything like that, I think that's a valid question, right? But I think his 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 option is not necessarily to be like, nah, I'm going to do what I want. His option is to say, forget you guys, I'm taking my ball and going home and opting out. And I wonder, Kev, do you think other NBA athletes are going to be faced with this, are going to have conversations with their wives and stuff like that as, you know, we have to heighten the protocols because of the heightened pandemic? 
it's plausible. It is plausible. Uh, I do believe that, you know, the NBA is kind of trying to get through this together. Not with like, I'm not trying to like put a cheesy, corny spin on it. But I do think that when you look around the league and all 30 are trying to go through it. And again, I'm not trying to say, oh, it would be selfish to opt out. I'm not saying, I just almost feel as if, I think they knew what they were getting into when they were getting into it. That's what I think. But could this extend further? Again, Dane, we've been talking about it, the NBA shutting down right now to the level that we talked about baseball when baseball first right. got off the ground. So it's not a conversation that's just going to go away. Things are either going to have to get better or there's going to have to be some you know, heightened conversations that happen here. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And remember, listen, there were NBA athletes that opted out of the bubble. For a myriad of reasons, right? For like, I want to go see my kid, to my wife is pregnant, to, you know, all sorts of personal reasons. And and we saw those as valid people had that choice, you know, and I'm not expecting some kind of mass exodus. But if the if the playing field changes and the protocols change, I do think, you know, we'll see what the state of play is on the ground. But it is a moving target because as we go into tonight's action, there's two games that are not happening, right? Uh, There were supposed to be 10 games on the slate. There are instead eight. I mean, the Jazz and the Wizards, postponed, canceled, whatever we're going to call it. The Magic and the Celtics, postponed, canceled, whatever we're going to call it. I know the NBA had this back end of the season, second half flexibility. That's why they didn't put it out there. But remember, you know, even like the NFL, we were talking about like at some point would they implement the week 18, right? They never did. But at some point, even the NBA is going to have to consider – uh, if a lot of games get postponed, do they go down from 72? Do they push things back? Do they have a huge amount of back-to-backs with the players would not be excited about, right? At some point, they're going to have to figure out what is the contingency plan. But there are, in fact, eight games for now still on the schedule. Although, you know, these things move hour by hour. I mentioned it before. I'm excited. Go New York, go New York, go. The New York Knicks are at home taking on the Brooklyn Nets. This game will be in the garden and uh, the Knicks are home dogs. Woof, woof. They're getting five and a half points. 219 is the total. Listen, Kev. The Knicks were rolling for a little while. They were hot, and now R.J. Barrett yeah. doesn't need to be able to see the broadside of a barn these days. What's going on with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Knicks can't score anymore, like, at all. Their last three outings, 89 <laughs> points, 89 points, 88 points. Hey, guys, figure it out. And it's incredible because they've now played eight straight games to the under, nine of their last ten. In comes the Nets. They've played six straight games to the over. And we have these teams where one of them relies on their offensive firepower. The Nets have failed to score 120 or more points in five games, Dane. They have lost all five of those games. Like, that cannot be a prerequisite to winning it. Right, that can't be the threshold. I can't (laughs) need – I cannot need to get to 120 to win a game. Like, that is – it was – the Cowboys had that. Was it last year, two years ago, where they needed to score? It was like every game where they scored 30, they were perfect. And then games where they didn't, they lost. Like every, It was crazy. Like, you can't do that if you're the Brooklyn Nets. But, and I, the Nets are on a back-to-back. It is troublesome to want to lay that kind of number. But, again, you're dealing with a team that has that ability to get to the 120s and a team right now that can't crack 100. 
It just feels like it could be a mismatch on the offensive side of the ball. The fact that Durant has already said that he's going to be playing means that the Brooklyn Nets are looking to keep the momentum. They had lost two in a row before that win against Denver. They And they were down 16 at half, Dane. And then it was a tie game going into the fourth. So they stormed back. They want to keep that momentum. I'm not looking to get in front of this Brooklyn train. If you want to play team totals in this game, that's fine. But I think the Nets offense could be too much. I know it's a back-to-back. It feels risky, but I think laying the points with Brooklyn is the right side. So let me ask you something, because I remember when KD went down with the quarantine, you went to Kyrie Irving over on the points. And I was like, what about some of the secondary cast as well? I'm going to ask you the same thing now. This is the second of a back-to-back. You talk about KD playing the back-to-back, and they're saying he's going to play, but I don't know if he's going to get a full complement of minutes. You know what I mean? So would you Mm -hmm. be willing to go the kind of Karis LeVert, Joe Harris kind of way and see if you can find other production usage elsewhere in this second of the back-to-back here in the city? So, first of all, the Durant prop is 28 and a half. It was 30 and a half yesterday. That already makes me uncomfortable. Right. That FanDuel is going to Thinking assume yeah. that, but I think that that's FanDuel saying, ah, he probably doesn't play as much. That already makes me right. uncomfortable. That, that they would be willing to post it two points lower after he scored 36 and 34 in the two games without Kyrie. So I'm already uncomfortable by the whole situation. But the one thing that we did talk about with Kyrie that night, right, was sometimes instead of going to the points market, what about the assist? KD last night dropped 13 dimes. High usage. His over-under for the assist for the night is five and a half. Uh, So I could see that being a viable option. And also, listen, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, these are guys that you can look to target uh, in that market uh, as well. All right, fair enough. You know, I was talking about how the Knicks are a home dog. Another team that is a home dog tonight is one of Kevin Durant's former teams, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are at home with the Lakers coming in. The Lakers are at 9-3. and They keep rolling. The Lakers are laying nine points on the road in Oklahoma City. Talk to me about this one. What do you like in this one? No total posted yet. Obviously, keep it locked here to Sports Grid all day long when that – you know, pops up. We'll be breaking that down as well. Maybe even you on the morning after a little bit later on today with our friends Jared and Ariel. But what do you think about this one? Is nine enough? So a couple of trends here with these teams. Uh, the Lakers are now four and two against the number as a road favorite. Uh, they are unbeaten on the road. The Thunder are one and three against the number as a home dog. They have yet to win a home game. Oh, and four straight up. So you either want to keep going with the way things are trending or kind of the something has to give type of deal. Like the Thunder aren't going to lose all of their home games and the Lakers aren't going to win all of their road Mm. games. Both teams are on a back-to-back, which is why we do not have our total total posted. AD questionable. LeBron expected to play. I think the total in this game could be noteworthy because I do believe that the Lakers are trying to lock in on defense more. They were not pleased with how they were playing last two games, holding Houston to 102 and 100. I also just wanted to bring this game up. This is going to be another back-to-back for the Lakers, their third or fourth of the season. LeBron has yet to miss a game. Again, I'm going to keep banging this drum until they move the number. LeBron to win MVP. They are the best team in the NBA. Everything points to them having the best record in the NBA. Best player, best team, best record. LeBron, MVP. Everybody said he wasn't going to play enough games. He is proving that to not be true. He is not taking off any of these back-to-backs. That is very noteworthy. 
No, I definitely think it is very noteworthy, Kev. The only pushback I would have for that is this is still the beginning of the season, right? I wonder in February, is that when he starts the load management of it all? Because maybe he wants to help build up a lead. I mean, the Lakers are nine and three, right? I If they go and have a five-game lead over second place and we got back-to-backs in you know February and into March, then we may mm-hmm. see that. But yeah. absolutely, the lo- the rest has not happened. Yeah. The, the, the load management is not there. And I agree with you, right? If that was Mm -hmm. the factor that may prevent him from being in that conversation Mm -hmm. as of yet, that has certainly not happened. We do have more games, but you got something real quick, Kev? Yeah, I just just want to quickly say, I believe that if he, how much he rests towards the back end will depend if he genuinely sees the path to the award. He will not, he will stop if he realizes they're going to give it to Luca or Giannis, right? But if it looks like it's his, I think he'll keep pushing through, but it's a great point you bring up. No, okay. I mean, and even there though, right? He would then have to balance the idea of getting an award versus having him primed and ready and at his best self for the playoffs. So I wonder what would he prioritize, right? Another title or another award, but we are going down the path. There's so many things there at play, right? The rest of the MVP candidates, the Lakers and their season and where they are. So, but you are absolutely right. As of yet, he has not taken the rest that some people thought that he would. The Lakers are on the road because the Clippers are at home tonight. So someone's got to be in that building, right, Kev? The Clippers, I want to ask you about the Clippers because you were ready to throw all sorts of shade to them at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, right? People going after Paul George. I see them at 7-4, and four, Kev, you know, and they are six-and-a-half-point favorites with New Orleans coming into town. They're around 500. You know that's a team that I was excited by with all that young talent. But the Clippers, listen, they're they're doing their thing. They're already three games over on the young season. Yeah, but again, when you have that level of talent, you can only be so far below. They went okay. to Golden State. They let the okay. Warriors go on like a 36-7 to seven run. That This is what I like about the Clippers. They can't blow leads in the regular season without <laughs> being like everyone going, oh, there they go again. Like that cloud will hang over them unless they win a title, and that cracks me up. Uh, and they just played the Bulls, and yeah, dang, they got to win, but this is where we talk context, not context, sure. right? Okay. They only won that game by three. The Bulls are the kind of team that they're supposed to be able to steamroll here, but I'm interested by the over. The Clip- the Pelicans started the season as an under, 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 under team. The numbers then get readjusted four straight to the over. I think the Pelicans and the overs could be back on the table. The number is two and a half. If this game would have been played on opening night, that number would have been about 235 and a half. But the Pelicans forced the book to readjust those numbers. Now it's going the other direction. Want to see if we can ride the wave here with the Pelicans and their totals. Fair enough. When you talk about going over, I want to ask you about another game that I'm intrigued by, Atlanta and Phoenix, right? I see a total there of 227. Kev, I think of these teams as two teams that are young, that like to push the pace. That screams over to me. Am I bugging? These are two young teams that are, you know, the Suns are 7-4. and four. Atlanta started off really hot, had a little bit of lull. They're mm-hmm. at 500. Am I right to think that we may see some pace and potentially an over in this one? So... The teams, they they profile as that, but that's where the numbers can kind of mess us all up here. Like, the Hawks can score a ton. The Hawks have been playing to the under, though, all of a sudden. Mm. They've now become an under, because the numbers are 235.5, and and it makes it difficult. Well, this is 227.5. The Suns, 
coming down a little bit, right? So could we be catching the wave of Atlanta overs? Something to consider. I, I, I think we could see it play out that way. I'll also just mention, Dane, from the side perspective in this, I love when things like this happen. Not always the case. Road dog, the Hawks, a perfect 3-0 and against the number. The Suns, as a home favorite, a perfect 3-0 and against the number. Something mm-hmm. has to give tonight. All right, we'll look at this. When we come back on the early on, I asked Kev if he really wants to be recruited. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the Early Line, Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, as well. Kev, you know, we were talking about Alabama winning the national championship, how it goes on. Nick Saban thinks this is one of his better teams. Like, I'm struggling to think about the times where recent vintage Alabama, like, did not qualify for the playoff, but I digress. And, you know, the rich get richer. Kev, uh, we receive word here that Alabama has the number one recruiting class in college football. What do you know? Apparently, Ohio State is ranked as the number two recruiting class. Here's what I want to ask you, though, because it's got to be such an honor, right? If you get a letter saying that Alabama wants you, is going to offer you a scholarship, if Nick Saban is going to come into your living room and talk to you and your parents about recruiting you. But you know what I thought? I wonder if you really do want to do that, right? Because, like, we talk about Najee Harris, and, like, he's amazing but gets no shine, right, because of the other people there, right? If you could be the number one guy in the whole damn class and not actually start until you're a junior at Alabama, you know what I mean? And here's the other thing. I wonder, Kev, if you were a punter, would you want to go to Alabama? Because you never get any burn, right? Like, it's supposed to be this pipeline to the NFL. But, like, you see right. the field maybe four times all season, right? So talk to me. Like, do you would you ever have any concerns about Nick Saban coming to your living room and recruiting you, either because you wouldn't get to see the field until late in college or if you're a weird position like a punter? Like, literally, if you're a, the best punter in the nation in high school, do you want to go yeah. to Alabama? I love I, I've never thought about it. I love the idea of the punter being like, I'm going to Kansas over Bama because right. Kansas can't right. move the ball. Like that rules <laughs> so much. It's my favorite thing. And now I want to talk to like the top punter recruits right. in the world. Like also like, like – I don't think like I'd want kicker. to go to Alabama. Like the yeah. NFL will not like, see me the, in action. Yeah. I don't know who the college equivalent is of the Atlanta Falcons, but a team that just can't score touchdowns in the right. red zone. If you're a kicker, you're like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bang everything from forty out. I think that totally rules. I love that. I'm all in. I on really just wonder not going to high-powered right? offense. If you're like the high school yeah. all-American punter, like holler at us at Kevin Walsh at Spitting Speeds. I want to know your thought process. Hour number two of the early line is up next. <laughs> 